Hello and welcome to Stories of the Uncharted, Uncharted Territories. Territories. Yes, we've got to... <laughs> I love the sort of Doppler effect that you're putting in there. I was, I was going for theremin, but fair enough. You know, that was the first musical instrument in space. No? Was it a theremin? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, apparently, whoever it was, whichever astronaut... You know how sometimes astronauts are allowed to bring, like, mm-hmm. 119 grams of personal whatever into right. space? Uh, and I believe, like, there was a... Oh, yeah, there was an Italian woman who went to the ISS uh, a while back, an astronaut whose name I forget, and she brought camera equipment and an espresso machine. Oh, nice. But <laughs> yeah. hang on, how does an espresso machine work with no gravity? I mean, that's going to make it tricky to get huh. the, the drips to run out. Because I know they're notoriously Wait, difficult no, about water estates. Pressurized, right? But then, like it's then espresso then press. I, then I suppose you get gonna have to have a hose attached to the uh, to Look the basket. At space, everything's hoses. I know. In, very true. You know, that's oh. that's one of the many like flights of fancy that we see in in science fiction, like uh, uh, like Farscape. The idea that you could go into space and it wouldn't just be. Just nipples to nuts hoses. Yeah, like the part of uh, Moya we don't talk about. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which I have no idea where that's going to come up because we're back in uh, exploring the uncharted territories of, uh, well... So, as we announced uh, at the end of last episode, we're doing something a little bit special, a little bit sneaky, so uh, nobody tell the Henson company, no. all right? Because in my hands, I have here the Farscape, the magaz- the official magazine. Get candid with Claudia Black and Rockney S. O'Bannon on creating Farscape. New episodes revealed, new Farscape action. Free ah. giant poster. Which uh, is still in there, which, which apparently makes there. this quite a precious thing oh, to some uh, to some collectors. Good, I'll, be, I'll make sure to take good care of it. It was number one, episode one, sold in the US for five ninety nine. And did you know if there's ever an uh, issue two produced? I guess we'll find out, oh. won't we? <laughs> but that's that's still a little bit in the in the future. So right. here we are with the. Uh, uh, <laughs> The wonderful thing about this magazine is that it contains fanfic. It contains a uh, a, a Farscape story by Keith R. A. Salvatore. Oh, yes. Hello, hello. This is Kaki from the future here. Uh, just because Kaki from the past is a uh, sweet, kindly bumble brain who means well, but he mixed up uh, famed author uh, Keith R. A. De Candido, who wrote this story, and R. A. Salvatore, who did not. And so throughout this recording, um, I have continued to refer to the author as Mr. Salvatore, but that should be that should be De Candido. So I'll I'll try and like put a little bleep um, everywhere where I say his name wrong. It's definitely De Candido. I am so so sorry. Okay, okay, back to the action. Many a mile to freedom. It's called, and it's like it's got a lovely picture of Chiana lying on her side, kind of like mysteriously smiling at the camera. Wait, hold on. I'm looking here at the top. And you see how it's got the sort of Farscape logo and it's yeah. being photoshopped and it says Tails. Yeah, Farscape, Farscape Tales. Oh, so it's Farscape Tails. Okay, I was worried that if you turned it upside tales, down... Tails, no. Yeah, that it'd be Tales of the Uncharted Territories. No, it's still original. Uh, oh, and looking in the in, in the background is something that I noticed from the DVDs as well. Yeah. Like, I've got all this, this fun sort of alien-looking script. I wonder oh, if right. that's like... Singhala or Tamil. It looks a bit like Thai to me, you know? Everything yeah. is like written on or, or under a line. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how Thai, uh, Thai characters are yeah. written. Interesting. It's clearly, wondering... insp- it's clearly inspired by it. I don't think yeah. it is. Well, so... Uh, 
Keith R. A. Salvatore, the Candido, who's famous for the Star Trek novels that he's uh, that he's written. He's written over two hundred novels. Mm. He's a productive writer, then. Very much so. He's often contracted to do novelizations of films, mm-hmm. which in one case, oh, I forget the film in question. There's one I'd heard of, uh, which he had to deliver in two and a half weeks. That's some serious writing. Yeah, right. But so, I guess he's one of those writers who just sits down and works at it, and not like some people who shall not be nan- mentioned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a little catch in your throat yeah. there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a sort of game of throats on this yeah, episode, so some, Who just like sits around and waits for inspiration. There's a hilarious uh, uh, <laughs> talk between him and I believe it is... Oh, what's the name of that... Uh, Horror writer again, Stephen uh, King. Stephen, I think Stephen King. Yeah, and like he, Clive Barker, maybe. No, it was Stephen King. Okay, uh, and like he basically asks him, like, don't you like ever have writer's block or something? And he goes like, No, I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee, I sit down, and I write. Uh, writer's block is for amateurs. It's like we just, <laughs> and, you can, and you can see George R. R. Martin just sitting there with his shocked expression, going like, "Oh no, <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong." Yes, man. No, no. Uh, Pisces is in Capricorn. Uh, I can't write today. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. It's Keith R. A. Salvatore. No, it isn't Kaki. It's the Candido. Whose, whose story we're uh, reading today. Ah, yeah, I actually know that name because he didn't just write Star Trek novels. He also wrote one of the Farscape novels. Oh. There's only four of them, mm-hmm. and I think they're all pre-where we are at now. Oh, you know what? I say that, I don't know for sure. I think that Zan's on the cover of one of them. Like, okay. that's a that's a real sort of high watermark, or not a high watermark, right. but like a, a watershed. Is, is Zan there or not? And then, exactly. uh, yeah, go with that. Cool, yeah. All right, so, many a mile to freedom... And okay, so full disclosure, Kay is reading off the off the magazine, which is very small text printed on some very fun photos and uh, graphic design backgrounds. Yes, it's white text on a dark on a black background or dark background. It's not even black, but and I'm reading it off of a tablet with which I've taken photos of those pages so that we can both read. So this is going to be interesting. I don't fully know that I got the order of the pages right. So let's find out. Yeah, here we go. Prepare to stop him. While stuffing a handful of worms into his lower mouth with his upper right arm, Xokgerak ran the hand of his lower left arm over a sensor. He spoke with his upper mouth. Let him in. Is that how the upper mouth sounds? Do, I have, guess. Are you going to make a choice for the lower mouth? Of, of I suppose Sokgerak? that the lower mouth is for eating and the upper mouth is for talking. And if you do it the oh. other way around, that's like a massive social faux pas. Oh, lo- yeah. Or maybe just a little, you know, a little pervert. Perverty Ooh, there we thing go. that yeah. you do in private. Mm. All right. A portion of the wall dissolved and Msta Ars entered. Msta Ars was scanned as he approached. Xokkerk, this is going to be annoying with all these <laughs> No, it's going to be names. great. <laughs> turned three of his six eyes to his computer screen for the results, as expected. Ars only carried the usual contraband. He was Xokkerk's most trusted lieutenant, but anyone who entered Xokkerk's present was scanned. Okay. Oh, great. This page is even worse. It's a purple background with... Okay. Yeah. Speak, Xokkerk said. Mr. Ars reached inside one of the folds of his skin. It's like an otter. And pulled out a pouch. Okay, so he had a fold and a pouch that jangled with the sound of coins. Do otters have folds of skin that they store stuff in? Okay, so otters have like a little, uh, kind of like a, a under their forearms, there's like, kind of like, like a skin fold where, so, the, where they like to keep their favorite rock. And that's actually called an otter's pocket. So the expression wet as an otter's pocket actually has meaning. <laughs> 
okay, I've never heard that expression before, but now I have. Is it like webbing that they that they sort of? I guess it's just like like it's you, you just know, a like, pocket, just like, like like a flabby flabby little fold of skin which they have there from being able to stretch out and yeah, you know, they like so to keep their favorite a, rock in there. A marina and say that oh, I like your altars. Thanks, they have pockets. Yes. <laughs> I've just realized that Keith R.A. Salvatore. Cocky for Frell's sake, his name is Keith R.A. De Candido. The writer of this piece actually requested a link to, to this when it's done. I don't imagine he's still listening. What do you think? Well. <laughs> okay. So uh, out, of that, out of that fold uh, of skin, he pulls a pouch to jangle with the sound of coins. I have to taste receipts from the various gambling endeavours, Great Zockberg, as well as the percentages from Sirp slash three robberies and the quarterly payoffs from Ministers Repnick and Natnubal. Zockberg took the pouch with his lower left arm. He emptied it into a small container next to the cushions on which he rested his corpulent form. Excellent. Keeping two eyes on the computer screen that tallied the amount of the coins, he fixed the other four um, stars. Uh, anything else? Yes, Great Zockberg. There is. Do you remember a beacon that circulated about a cycle and a half ago or so regarding three fugitives that had escaped peacekeeper custody? Ooh, I know what that is. Ooh, yes, yeah. that's the, the one with the uh, the, the, the hunter uh, hunter dogs. Uh, what were the name? What's the name again? Uh, Rorf and Rorg. They're not the difficult names. No, but, you know. <laughs> no. All right. All four of Kruksek's stomach rumbled in annoyance. Of course not. And Stathars bowed. My apologies, great Kroxer. I simply did not wish to insult your magnificence by replaying the bacon, if you recall it. With your kind and benevolent permission, I will. Mr. Ars, if you don't stop sucking up, I will have you flayed. You're giving me a headache. Mr. Ars bowed. He retrieved the control form within the folds of his skin and pushed a button. Okay, now there is a sort of enlarged bit of text. Do you think we're supposed to read that? No, I don't think so, because that doesn't okay. seem to make sense. Oh, yes, that's magazine style, where yes. you have like a quote. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The holographic image of a sebation in a peacekeeper captain's uniform appeared in the centre of the room. Sokgerg chewed on some maggots as he watched. May I do this? May I please go do on, this? Go on, I think go on, go on, yes. Attention, there are fugitives among you. Fugitives that can be worth a great deal to any of you. I am Captain Bialar Crace, and I am offering... I'm not doing Crace, hold on. I am Captain Bialar Crace... No. I am Captain Bialar Crace, and I am offering a substantial reward to anyone who can assist us in the recapture of these three escaped prisoners. The image that? changed. That sounds a bit like your usual Zahn, but... Um... I was I was specifically trying to go for a, for a Kiwi one instead yes. of an Aussie one, okay. but... Okay. The image changed to male Luxon with a general tattoos quickly followed by images of Delvian woman and Hynerian male. The first is a Luxon male named Cadargo. That's not new, That's not Kiwi. Oh, no, sorry. Were, yeah, no. The first is a Luxon male named Cadargo. Oh, the second, a Delvian female, is named Pauzota Zan. The third is Hynerian, who styles himself Rigel the Sixteenth. These three fugitives from Peacekeeper Custody... Uh, turn it off, Tokirk said. Stars did so, and the image faded. I remember. Uh, no, I'm making them all sound this way. I remember. It's useless now. Captain Crace is also a fugitive. Ah. True, but these here are all escaped prisoners. I think it's safe to say that the peacekeepers will pay a handy sum for their return. The computer finished tallying the coins and beeped a telltale alarm. Your tally is low, Sop Garrick said. Okay, now, now I like this, because it kind of like reminds me of Badger from Firefly. The way Yes. <laughs> Yes, switching from sort of friendly to threatening, yes. and then I bet he's got a little hat, at least yeah, two. a little bowler, yeah, on one of his two heads, yes. <laughs> Why? 
The ship was misinformed about one of the merchants he robbed. The tick was smaller than expected. The truth of all this was verified independently, although we did remove one of Sierp's claws for his gullibility. <sighs> Nodding his approval, Sok returned to the prior subject. Why should I care about peacekeepers? They have no say here. The peacekeeper had tried to sell their military... Oh, yeah. The peacekeepers had tried to sell their military services on Itrahod once before, not realising that Xokgerg controlled all enterprises on the planet. They were sent packing, and Xokgerg had, ma- had made sure that the military had standing orders to fire on any peacekeeper vessel that came within... Hmm? Yeah, good luck on that one. Itrahodish space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just needed to... No, I know, mm-hmm. I know. Mr. <laughs> still held the control in his hand. He pushed a button. Another holographic image appeared, but this time it showed the inside of Xoxerx's dungeon. Inside the cell were a Hynerian and the Delvian from the Wanted Beacon. Xoxerx smiled with both of his mouths. Ooh, then you know it's serious. They were attempting to negotiate the process, purchase of some spare parts and herbs, Mastar said. Eretris recognized them from the beacon and had them tally. Uh, Tail, sorry, yeah. Once she confirmed their identities, she confirmed me, informed me, and I had them taken into custody. The Delvian put up more of a fight than expected, actually, although she surrendered when we threatened the Hynerian. You seem to have a little catch in your throat there, yeah, Mr. Hart. Like, I, everything's like you're stammering more than usual. I need some lubrication. lubricate one of your many, many throats. Mm. Oh, who is Iret? One of my newer people. She's only a runner. Hmm. Promote her. Of course, great Coxer. Tell General Raknas to lift the ban on peacekeeper ships. Then send a message to the peacekeepers. Oh, good. Like, he yeah. remembers his own edicts. Yeah. Again, Mastars bowed. As the great Coxer commands, he straightened. Oh, one other thing. I'm afraid that Doc Tai has died. Damn. Oh, sorry. Damn! Zokker <laughs> gri- cried with both of his mouths. How? Sokgerg rarely troubled himself with the well-being of his slaves, but Doktai was one of the better ones. It seems she committed suicide, great Sokgerg. Damn! He repeated, this time with only one mouth, consoling himself by drinking some Rastlak with the other. Let's see if I can do some at the same time. <laughs> no. Now you sound like Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she was the first slave to properly massage my boils. Yikes. Mm, yeah. The neuters who guarded her have their, have their eyes removed in a punishment for allowing this. Jeepers. That's harsh, man. Insufficient. Have them killed. It means we will have to castrate two more guards, great Xoxer. Yikes. Xoxer, Xoxer simply regarded Mr. Ars with all six eyes. Another bow. Of course, great Xoxer. Shall I put out a call for a new slave? Yes. Leave me. Time for my nap. The wall again melted and Mastars left. Xoxerk ran the hand of his lower left arm over a sensor. His cushions rearranged to a sleeping position, oh, and a nice. force field went up around his office. That sounds so nice. Like, your office sort of rearranges itself into oh, a little sort like of you, you know, you should... We've been working... With all this, like, working from home, you know you should keep a difference between your working space and your living space. Still, though... Well, to be honest, like, uh, Xoxerk kind of, like, sounds to me like a bit of a hut at this point. Uh, and, you know... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he is. He does seem to be well organized, but he's right. also unnecessarily uh, cruel, uh, vicious. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it may just be the style. Maybe it's like the affront from Eamon Banks. Oh, right. right. He seems yes. like an affronter. Yes, he would fit right in. Um, okay. 
even th- oh yes yeah, so, so this is a new uh, uh this is a new what's it called a new Scene. section yeah even the assassination attempts were getting boring the list of people who wanted to chalk Gerg dead was fairly lengthy, but those capable of getting past Sock Gerg's very elaborate security measures were few in number. Nobody even got close. After all, at least Sock Gerg imposed order. He had a piece of every significant business transaction, legal and illegal, on Itrahod, and he also stemmed the tide of chaos. If he died, Itrahod would be in even worse shape. <laughs> Sokhar's slave market was open for business. He was sizing up prospective replacements for Dokja. However, an off-world idiot had made an attempt on his life <laughs> under the guise of showing off a piece of merchandise. <laughs> the security system and the pulse cannons had proved their worth instantly. I sort of expected that to be uh, uh, a Crichton. Yes. An, an off-world idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Sock Garrick said with his upper mouth while stuffing marjules, oh, lovely Hynerian marjules, <laughs> into his lower mouth. His security team set about clearing up the mess. A brunette Sebastian woman entered, dragging a Nabari girl into the common room via a chain that was attached to both her neck and wrists. I heard you were looking for a slave, the Sebastian said without preamble. Sokkerg liked that. None of the obsequious nonsense that so many felt the need to waste time on before getting down to business. I've never had a Nabari before. The Nabari tilted her head to the side. Oh, really? No, oh, I know that head tilt. <laughs> her voice was a melodious purr that made Xoxer's boils quiver. <laughs> she moved closer to Xoxer. Then you haven't left. Silence, slave, the Sebastian said, yanking the chain. The Nabari flipping the page on my little device here is not quite as... The story's going to go on for a while. The Damn. Nabari stumbled and fell to the floor. Yeah, good value, this magazine. Yeah. Thanks again, Metatron. A small cut marred her silvery skin. The Sebastian seemed unconcerned about injuring a slave being sold for physical pleasure. Xoxerk turned his gauge upon the seller. The arrogance, the bluntness, the complete lack of care for the merchandise. She was no slave owner. She was a peacekeeper trying to pass herself off as a slave owner. I'll take her. He's clever. The Sebastian nodded. Excellent. How much will you pay? Signaling two of his guards with his upper right arm, Xoxerk said... I said take, not buy. I beg your... Before the Sebastian could finish, Xoxerg's guards wrapped their tentacles around her. Take her to the cell with the prisoners, Mustars. Mustars waddled forward. Yes, great Xoxerg. Wait, okay, so you you, you gave you gave Xoxerg Mustars... Sorry, wo- my bad. No, yep. okay, now no, I'll... No, I'll, my I'll, bad, my I'll bad. I'll pick a new voice from Mustars. No. That'll be nice. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, great Xoxerg. Have fun speaking Scottish now. <laughs> oh, God, my Scottish is terrible. Um, no, but um, it's Sokkerk that's speaking now, so right, you're, yeah. you're all right. Send a message to the peacekeepers. As he spoke, Sokkerk noticed the Nabari, now separated from the Sebastian, slowly trying to move off. Tell them that I don't like the officers sneaking in, and tell them to work on their disguises. This one had Peacekeeper Commando written all over her. He grabbed the slack chain. And take this one, he added, and put her in new clothes. She is to be my new slave. The Nabari smiled. What's your name? Okay. Oh, sorry. That was yeah, sorry. I thought that was like Chiana going there. Like, um, she settled closer to Xoxer. Chiana, Mister Ars will give you the specifics. Please me and live. Displease me and die. Sounds reasonable. Chiana said with a nod. <laughs> she ran one finger around one of Xoxer's tails. In a low whisper, she said, tails. "I'll have to do everything I can to please you, then, Xoxie." Xoxie, that's adorable. 
So Eric smiled with both mouths. This girl was probably a prisoner of the peacekeepers, taking during one of the many skirmishes they'd been having with the Nabari lately. No doubt she saw this as a better opportunity. Hey, do you think that this is before Nerve? Because that's where uh, uh, Chiana sort of pretended to be Crichton's uh, 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 servicer, you know, off right. reg yeah. servicer. Ooh, it's either that or what's that episode? Oh, yeah, no, Nerve was later because I'm thinking about the episode on the uh, the lawyer planet. No, that was that was later. Like Nerve was, was eighteen or nineteen, okay. nineteen, I think. Yeah, and Chiana was only introduced in fifteen of season right, one. Right, so that was very close in. Yeah, it's probably around then. Yeah, right, they probably got right. they, they probably got the routine down by that point. <laughs> yeah. Go with my stars. We'll talk about how you can please me later. Chiana was massaging Xoxerch boils when the alarm went off. Xoxerch summoned the two neuters with one arm while activating the security imager with another. Isn't that a Luxon? Chiana asked as the image of one appeared on a holographic projector, presently plowing through the uh, two of Xoxerch's guards with one of those devastating coulter blades. Not just a Luxon, Xoxerch said as the neuters entered. A valuable one. To the neuters, he said, take her to her room. As Chiana got up from her cushions, Xoxerch added, I like you, Chiana. I hope you're not thinking of suicide. Chiana smiled sweetly. Now, Xoxy, why would I do a silly thing like that when I've still got a few boils to master? <laughs> <laughs> Laughing with his lower mouth, <laughs> Xoxerch said with the upper one, Good. Go. I'm doing this thing where when he speaks with his upper mouth, I push against my oh, lower lip. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if that's at okay. all tolerable for anyone. <laughs> After the newt has let Chiana away, Xoxerk watched her as Cardargo, a victim of the standard Luxon belief that there was no problem that couldn't be solved by a frontal assault, <laughs> brought his, fought his way through Xoxerk guards before finally being overwhelmed by the superior numbers. Running a hand over a sensor, Xoxerk said, Bring the Luxon to me. Within Mycrots, two guards came in, bracketing the Luxon, their tentacles wrapped around his arms, restraining him. His tunic was ripped, and he had several lacerations about his head and arms. The blood around those cuts was dark. Ooh, that's, that's bad, bad news. news yes. So we've got a tentacle fight, because he's got tentacles too. Oh, yes. You really thought you could rescue your friends, Cardago? Could I get tentinous, then? Oh, God. <laughs> I... I KK? Yeah. I like that joke. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, your line or mine? No, it's yours, oh, bud. sorry. Uh, and I'll leave it to you to figure out which one it is, because uh, the listeners at home know. Uh, well, I read that one, so I had to try. I would not expect you to... Oh, sorry, I had to, like... Uh, have that's to Dargo, do Dargo, that's Dargo. Voice like, I had to try. I would not expect you to understand. I don't. <laughs> this is going to be a grunt. Oh, no, Yes. Oh no! But Dargo has has a has a more sort of American. I had to try. No, I would not expect you that, to understand. That's normally how I do John. But yeah, All right. but John talks like this. No, you do John, <laughs> John like he's some yeah. kind of old timey prospector. <laughs> yeah, that's how okay. you do John. No, no, that's Speaking right. through one tooth and lots of <laughs> <laughs> lots of really outdated opinions about certain groups of people. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, I don't speak through. Uh, I don't. But I salute you. Armies have attacked this stronghold and never gotten as far as you. I do not wish your salute, Dargo said with a snarl. It's, it's, all, it's, all all over, it's all over the place, yeah. Put him with the others, said Xoxerch. Uh, 
Greek Soxac, Mustard said quickly. No, we agreed that he'd be Scottish from now on. Oh, Sorry, uh, bud. Greek Soxac. No, that's not Scottish either. I can't do Scottish. Yeah, Mustard said quietly. Great, great Scot. Great Soxac, Mustard yes. said quietly. I would recommend taking him to the infirmary first. His blood's <laughs> running black. He runs the danger of dying. Yeah. I would be just like that peacekeeper to withhold the bounty if his merchandising is damaged. <laughs> you make me so happy, Kenny. <laughs> Xokgerg nodded to the guards. They dragged Dargo in the direction of the infirmary. Tell the peacekeepers we have all three now. Right away, great Xokgerg. <laughs> and bring China back. My boils itch. Oh. <laughs> That's how we're going to separate the, yes. the scenes. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> as soon as Xokgerg's meeting with Minister Repnek ended, stars entered. Did uh, the meeting go well, great Xokgerg? Mustars asked, as he hanged at Xoxerk a pile of grubs. Yes, the tariff cut will pass, Xoxerk said as he poured the grubs into his lower mouth. That is excellent news, great Xoxerk. I did not wish to interrupt your meeting, but a peacekeeper has arrived. He's called Captain Hahan. He's sent him there to claim the bounty. Good, send him in. Mustars bowed. Of course, great Xoxerk. Christ, I'm up again. Yeah. Uh, and get Triana back in here. Of course, great Xoxerk. Another part of the wall dissolved. Mastars gave a signal, and one of the guards let a submission in. This one was a male, wearing a captain's uniform of a slightly different design than the one worn by Crace in the beacon. Oh. The scan revealed only a standard-issue peacekeeper pistol. I bet you this is, I bet you this is Crichton. Uh, yeah. And he's going to is. introduce himself as Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you yeah, think? I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah. All right. You must... Uh, nope, old-timey prospector. Yeah. You said it. <laughs> you must be Sockgerg. Yes, Crocsack said. You're even more repugnant than I'd heard. <laughs> Crocsack laughed. And you're even more blunt than most peacekeepers. Uh, he spat into the spittoon. No, I, I made that up. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Kaki, don't you dare. You know his name is... Salvatore. I don't have time for idiotic pleasantries. Unlike the sheep that populate this world of yours, I don't need to bow and scrape to you. I'm here to collect my prisoners. Bring them to me. First, we talk terms. Han smiled unpleasantly. No, first I see the prisoners to make sure this isn't some kind of elaborate trick on your part. Tsukserk laughed out with both mouths. I like you, peacekeeper, and I like your approach better than the woman's. The captain stared at Tsukserk's. What woman's? After running a hand over one of his sensors on his desk, a holographic projection of the cell appeared. The peacekeeper commando was giving the other prisoner a wide berth. The Delvian was treating the Luxon's wound though his blood was now running clear. At least now he was in no danger of dying, poisoned by the toxins in his blood. I've never seen that woman before in my life. Xoxark's mouth both... Xoxark's mouths both frowned. <laughs> what? She, yeah. she your mouth frown? <laughs> his can do it. He's got a great mouth. She isn't one... She isn't one of yours? Well, she might be, but... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Han looked up as if trying to recall something. Oh, yes, of course, I have seen her before. She's a commando in Crace's old Plazar regiment. Can't remember her name offhand, but as I recall, she was involved in some kind of scandal. She was probably trying to take my collar to get in good with command. Um, I'm starting to wonder whether maybe this is Crichton, or whether maybe Commander Han is a different... And maybe uh, I think it's. I, th- I still think it's. Keeper. I think I still think it's Crichton trying okay, to play off out. the. Let's find yeah. out. Soxerk's translator microbe must have had trouble with some bit of slang. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. What What does the top of your shirt have to do with? 
Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> My arrest, Han said impatiently. Look, I want to see the prisoners. I don't care about the commando, but the other three are mine. I, I guess you're going to be right with your Han Solo, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> oh. The wall melted and another guard let Shana in. Han gave her an appreciative look. An Abari slave, eh? Very exotic. Don't get many of those gray skins out this way. See. How much would you get her for? Super racist. Yeah. She was a steal, Zokkerik said. We talk about her and my bounty after you've checked out the merchandise. Good. Han followed the guards out of the chamber. Boyle's acting up again, Xaxi? Gianna asked. (sighs) Not as much, but don't let that stop you. As Shana moved around behind him, Xoxark looked at the projection of the cell. The Delvian had finished trading the Luxon, and both of them were glaring at the peacekeeper woman. It took him a moment to realize who was missing. Where's the Hynerian? Uh, he with both. No, where's the Hynerian? He bellowed with both mouths. Yeah, it's tricky. No, I know. Shaking violently enough to knock Chiana off the cushions and onto the floor. He really is a hot. Hmm. With one hand, he pressed the alarm. With another, the intercom. With the third, he poured some raslak down his lower mouth. And with a fourth, he activated the force field around his office. God. Alarms rang, guards scurried, and Xoxek drank more raslak. From the moment the alarm started ringing, the Luxon and the Delvian exchanged concerned glances. The peacekeeper woman didn't seem to care. Report immediately, Xoxek bellowed. Several guards replied with variations on nothing to report or still looking. Job done. We ain't found shit! <laughs> Get on with it! <laughs> okay, so do you know in Spaceballs, that guy who says, we ain't found shit, yes. that's Tuvok from Voyager? Yes. I was 40 when I found that out. <laughs> I've actually, look, I've, I've, I've had the good pleasure of actually directing uh, uh, Tim Russ in a, in, a, in a small voice thing, and I didn't know that. God. <laughs> Okay, where are we? Still looking. Nothing to report, still looking. Yes. Then Han's face showed up on one of the projection. I've got him. The captain was holding the Hynerian by his thick neck. With the other hand, he held up some thin piece of metal. He had these on him. So nice to see our your people did a proper search of his person, he said with an acid tone. Let go of me, you yotch! The Hynerian spluttered. I am Domino, Rigel the 16th, and I demand... You're in exile, little little trog, and prisoner of the peacekeepers. All Xoxek's stomachs rumbled. The Hynerian should have been better searched. He's not your prisoner yet. Have the guards put him back. Fine. I'll hang on to these. Han handed Rigel to one of the guards who had just arrived. He wrapped his tentacle oh he is the guard he wrapped his tentacle around the hynerian stomach and took him back to his cell han meanwhile looked passive i assume that you confiscated the personal items of all the prisoners yes i wish to see them as well take him xoxerk said to the guard xoxerk had the security cameras follow han to the storage room where the guards had put the luxon sword the peacekeeper's pistol the hynerian's throne sled and the delvian's pouch full of herbs oh Chiana, meanwhile, went back to massaging Xokgerg's boils, which relaxed him right away. She does this even better than Doctai, he thought, through a haze of pleasure. Most of his eyes closed as he relaxed, but he kept one open to watch Captain Han. The prisoner's personal effects were on a shelf in the storage room. Han inspected each one, then placed the Hynerian's lockpicks in the center. 
Suddenly, an electrical charge linked the Luxon blade, the lockpicks, and the Peacekeeper pistol. Then the screen went dark. So did the lighting clerk's office, and every panel on his desk. What the frell is happening? he cried with both mouths. Silence greeted his cry. None of his communication systems seemed to be functioning, nor any other system. Even the emergency lights wouldn't come on, and since both suns were setting, only minimal light was visible through the window. Chiana came around from behind him. Her silvery skin looked even more beautiful in the half-light. Chiana, I've got to... Before he could finish speaking, Chiana poured the raslak into one of the nostrils on his torso. <laughs> As Tokgerg struggled to breathe, Chiana leaped on top of his thorax. Her knees dug into the flesh over his larynx. Tokgerg tried to speak but couldn't. <gasps> Chana grabbed a knife from the table and sliced into several of his boils. I stopped being a slave a long time ago, Xoxy. Xoxerg's vision faded to black for the final time. His last thought was, and she had been such a good slave. Hey, fuck you, Xoxerg. Yeah. I love Chiana as the sort of hut slayer here. Yeah, it's like doing a layer there. Yeah. Uh, We're, um, who is it speaking? Oh, yeah. We're clear of Etrahod's atmosphere, pilot. We ought to be in range of the docking web in a quarter of an hour. Very well, Commander Crichton. Oh. Moya will be ready to start a burst as soon as you arrive. Well, we did try to block Soxax's transmissions to the peacekeepers. It is possible that one made it through to Scorpius Command's carrier, <laughs> or another peacekeeper base on ship. We would do well to arri- stay away from here as fast as possible. You've made pilots Scottish? Oh, yeah, shit, I was doing... Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, still, I still had my brain on Scottish. No, I love it. I love it. Pilot has like a Scottish, like Jeeves and Worcester, whichever one's the butler one. Jeeves. Of course it's Jeeves. I'm, yeah. I've, got, I've, I've had a little bit of rest like myself. Oh. So, you know, it's been a long day. Understood, Pilot. And hey, good flying there, Aaron. Thank you, Crichton. Or I should say, Captain Hahn. Your impersonation of a peacekeeper was almost credible. Gee, thanks. Of course, I had to do a little extra dancing thanks to Buckwheat here. You were supposed to follow the plan, Rigel. I was never consulted on this plan. Besides, when Aaron brought back the lockpicks, I assumed I was. I assumed it was so I could escape. Would that be before or after I explained that you were supposed to let Crichton find them on. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> no, sorry, that was Aaron. Would that be before or after I explained that you were supposed to let Crichton find them on you when he inspected the cell? I thought it was a bad plan, Aaron, so I improvised a new one. <laughs> Your new plan might have gotten us killed. Crichton's plan was frelled enough. Gee, thanks for the vote of confidence, Dargo. Shit, that was Dargo. Yeah, it worked, didn't it? Barely. Uh, the Luxon's right. My throne set still doesn't work. We'll fix it on the ship, Sparky. That little gadget I put together gave off an electromagnetic pulse. <laughs> Yeehaw, an electromagnetic <laughs> pulse! <laughs> it shut down all the electronics in Zockgerg's HQ, including, including your little toy. Uh, Zahn, I think. I th- ooh, uh, it was a very clever idea, John, to smuggle in the device in a separate pieces like that to avoid detection by Zockgerg's security. Yeah, it is, son. Look, only way to do it, Zan. See, there you go. Yep. I'm just glad it worked out when I put them together. Speaking of following the plan, Pip, you already were free from Zockgerg when we got to you. How'd you do that? Oh, it was easy. I just brought him to a boy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes. Oh, like there's a little there's a little sort of PS here. Yep. Keith R. A. De Candido is the author of the Farscape novel House of Cards. Okay, I guess we know what's probably on the docket next time that we have a little bit left over from our uh, fantastic Patreon supporters and I have a little glance at uh, at eBay um, as well as novels, short stories, comic books and ebooks in the works of in the worlds of Star Trek, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, ooh, Doctor Who, ooh, Marvel Comics and much more. Uh, find out less than you ever wanted to know about him at his official website at decandido.net. Oh. Wow. Wow. This was like a good read. That was a fantastic story. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Mr. DeCandido. Hey, um, so next week we're continuing with The Greatest Hiatus because Ooh. after episode 306, Eat Me, there was quite a long wait uh, during which this here magazine was uh, uh, was published, but in order to like simulate the experience of anticipating the continuance of season three, we're going to have ourselves a little uh, uh, a little greatest hiatus where we're examining something else. And Kay, when we look through the list of like properties that had fish out of water science fiction stories or like wonderful creatures or like Henson creations, something caught your eye. And what was that? Well, it's not going to be Henson, but there right. were some a lot of like fantastic creations. Uh, a lot of beautiful scene and studio work in the uh, 1984 science fantasy movie Krull. Krull by Peter Yates. So if you can grab a copy of that somewhere, treat yourselves. It's worth a watch. Yes, definitely. Like I won't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's great. I won't say it's awful because that would be that would be spoiling. I I know that I've seen it as a as a child and um, not for many decades after. So I'm very excited for that. And that's the story so far, Scape. Thank you for joining us in Tales of the Uncharted Territories, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I'm Kay. I'm Kaki. I did the thing. I no, said, yeah, we, sorry, we got that wrong. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sorry, sorry, yes. Bye-bye. Never mind.